Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Music and Therapy Podcast with relationship coach Kiana W. Mitchell. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. How is everyone today? I hope you guys are having an amazing week and that you're becoming the best versions of yourself that you could possibly be. Now, I'm just going to tell you, this is officially my kids' first day back at virtual school since our last week of snow. Like, last week, it started off great. They had President's Day. Then after President's Day, they didn't go back. Well, of course, they didn't go to school Monday, but then we had bad weather, so they were out of school Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I think they did virtual school for one day. Friday, they had no school. So technically, this is their first full week back at school. So I am thrilled because when my kids are not doing schoolwork, it's a lot harder to find quiet time to get things done. I do manage, but I'm just saying it's a lot harder to find quiet time to get things done. So yay, I'm glad that they're back at school, even if it is virtual, because it does keep them occupied. And I'm excited. But then on the other hand, I do have to say last week was a rare treat for us. I live in Madison, Alabama, and let me just tell you, we do not get snow. Like, we hardly ever get snow. It snows occasionally, but it's never enough snow to, like, accumulate on the ground. Like, you'll see snowflakes falling every now and then. And you'll get excited, but then it never stays. By the time it hits the ground, it melts. So we typically don't have a lot of um, snow days or bad weather days. Not a lot. Unless it's tornado related, then that's a different story. But as far as snow is concerned during the winter, we hardly ever have that. So when I saw that it was snowing and it actually stayed on the ground. And listen, it rained and it still stayed on the ground. We still had snow in our yard. The kids could go and make a snowman. That was a rare treat because, like I said, we never, ever get snow. I was glad to have it. And you know what? I'm also glad to see it go because my kids, they took a snowman or they took some ice or some snow and they put it on the front porch, like the walkway from the steps to where we parked the car. And so it was icy because it froze overnight. (laughs) So it was icy. So for the past couple of days, every time you walk outside, you had to like navigate this ice patch that was on our walkway because my kids left the snow there. But it's melted. Yesterday was the first day I went outside and didn't feel like I was about to fall or hurt myself or break a leg. I mean, it was the first day. So I was happy that the sun was out, snow melted, and we were all good to go. So yeah, I was happy to see it, but I'm also happy to see it go. My heart does go out to all those people in Texas who had the bad weather and they had no electricity. That had to be horrible for them and I'm still thinking about them and keeping them in my prayers and I hope that they're able to recover whatever it is that they lost. What we're going to do within the next couple of weeks is we're going to have a contest and I mentioned it last week and I'm going to mention it again. We're having a contest. Why are we having a contest? Well, guys, next week we are going to do our big name change episode. So with that, we have a special guest. His name is Jay Schiffman, and he's going to come on the show, and he's going to talk about relationships. He's also going to talk about his journey, his experience, and what he and what he's dealt with with su- his experience with substance abuse and what he dealt with. It was an amazing conversation. I'm 
I'm just super excited for you guys to hear this conversation that we're going to have. And then he also gives you tips for what to do if you or your spouse is dealing with substance abuse. So guys, we are going to have him on, so I can't wait for you to hear that interview. And in honor of us changing our name from Music and Vibes to Music and Therapy, we are going to do a little contest. So I've already put it out on our social media what the contest is about, but you know what? I'm just going to tell you again what this contest is about. So here, here we go. The contest goes something like this. All you have to do is go over to our Music and Therapy podcast group, join the group, and put Music and Therapy. That's it. And you will be entered into a drawing to win a $50 Amazon gift card. Yep, that's it. You don't have to do anything else. Just go over there and go to the group, Music and Therapy podcast group, join it. And then after you join, just type music and therapy. That's it. Now I've been monitoring it. So I've been seeing everyone who's joined and I've been putting, writing their names down and I'm putting in my raft and our raffle so that when I do my drawing, we will know who joined the group and who had a chance to win the $50 gift card from Amazon. So guys, go ahead and join and listen. I know you may be saying, what if I'm already a member of the group? I'm not going to exclude you if you're a member of the group. So here's what you can do if you're a member of the group. If you are already a member of the group, all you have to do is refer a friend. Have a friend join. And then they can just write, referred by, and put your name. And I will know that they have joined the group because of you. And I will put your name in the raffle or in our drawing so that you can have a chance to win as well. And what I will also do, since I'm just feeling extremely generous, I am going to also, whoever you refer, I'm going to put their name in the drawing as well because you referred them, they joined, which was the criteria for them to be entered as well. So it's a two for one. So it's like you get your name entered, they get their name entered, and it all works out. So that is what we're going to do. So I'm super excited. So if you have time right now, you're not driving because I don't want you to have an accident going over there right now to try to join the Facebook group. If you have an opportunity right now, you're not driving, then go over to Facebook, join Music and Therapy Facebook group. And if you can't remember where it is, all you have to do is look in our show notes. I have it, a link to the group right there. Click on that link, join, boom, boom, bum, bum, you're in, okay? So go ahead and do that. And that is what we're going to do. Like I mentioned, next week when we have our relaunch, I will take do my drawing and then I will announce on air who actually won. So you got to get it in to me at least. I'll say try to get it in by Sunday. Actually, get it in as long as you can. Um, on Wednesday, I'll make sure that will be my cutoff day. And that will be the day that I will do my drawing and then I'll let you know on Facebook in a group who won our drawing for the $50 gift card. All right, so I'm excited and I can't wait for you guys to be a part of that. Today on the podcast, I would like to talk about the four horsemen. Okay, I know that sounds a little weird to be talking about horse and horsemen on a podcast about relationships and love, but this is a topic that I think we need to discuss and talk about. First, let me assure you that we are not going to spend the whole time 
talking about horses or even horsemen for that matter. The four horsemen is really just a term used by psychologist John Gottman to describe certain behaviors that are detrimental to your marriage or your relationship. In the book, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work, Gottman talks about behavior and characteristics that are indicators of a successful marriage and the behaviors or characteristics that can predict a future divorce. Yeah, when I first heard this, I was blown away by it. But he's able to do this because he has spent years studying um, couples and relationships and how they interact with each other. And the thing that I like about the book is that it shows that conflict is normal. But the problem is, what is your conflict style? Now, we all know that conflict is everywhere. Conflict cannot be avoided. But the thing that's important is like what your conflict style is. Now, there are four conflict styles, and they are all part of the four horsemen that we're going to talk about. Four horsemen are conflict styles that are just destructive to your relationship. Now, there are other conflict styles that are not destructive to your relationship. In fact, they can actually help your relationship because in life we have conflict and you need to learn how to work through them in a positive, mature, and informed way. But these are four conflict styles that are detrimental and destructive to your marriage or your relationship. And that is why Dr. Gottman calls them the four horsemen. Number one is criticism. So the first horseman is criticism. And it's important to know that criticism or criticizing your partner is so much different than offering a critique or voicing a complaint. Now, I know many people are like, well, I'm just saying what needs to happen. I'm just talking about what the problem is. No, criticism is a behavior that attacks you at your core. So it's something that attacks the person. So let's say, for instance, um, Susan wanted her husband, John, to clean up after himself. So she asked him, they talked about it, but he still had a problem following through with cleaning up after himself. So one day she was really upset. She comes to the kitchen. She's like, you're so stupid. Why do you always do this? How come you never clean up after yourself? Do you not care that I've been working hard? And do you not care if I have the kids all day? And I have to pick them up after I go from work. What she's doing is tearing down him and his self-esteem. She's attacking the person and not the problem of the dishes. Let's say, for instance, John was mad at Susie because... He had asked her time and time again, please put gas in the car. And because she did not put gas in the car, there were times when he was late for work. And he was upset about that. So what criticism would look like here is like, we only care about yourself. Do you, is it too hard for you to put gas in the car? Why can't you do this right? Why don't you even think about anybody else? That would be criticizing her and her character and not dealing with the problem of putting gas in the car. So that is the difference. So a complaint is something like, when you didn't put gas in the car, I was late for work. That's a complaint. Criticism is, you're so lazy, you didn't even put gas in the car. So you see the difference? One is attacking the person, the other one is just talking about the problem. So those are the two different things between a complaint and criticism. So if you find that you and your partner are critical of each other, don't assume your relationship is doomed to fail because it's not. Now that you've noticed that you guys are critical of each other, then you have to take steps to change that. And later on in the podcast, we're going to talk about an antidote for criticism. But that's the difference between criticism and a complaint. A complaint just talks about what the problem is. Criticism attacks the individual. Okay, so the second horseman is contempt. Now, what is contempt? Contempt goes beyond criticism. Contempt is, that's the person who you are contemptuous of. You assume that you're better than them. 
So it's like, well, I'm good at money, so why can't they be? And you look down on them, and you judge them morally, and you put yourself above them in a position of moral superiority over them because you think that you're better and that your way is the right way. That is contempt. When you're contemptuous about something or when you have contempt toward a person, it's almost like you have a dislike, a disdain, a strong feeling of um, disregard for them because of something that you perceive that they've done. So if you have contempt for your spouse, instead of just looking at something in a regular way, you're going to be sarcastic when you talk to them. You're going to ridicule them. You might even call them names, mimic them, or just roll your eyes and scoff at what they say. The target of contempt is to make the person feel despised and worthless. And you're going to do that to let them know that I'm better than you and you should have thought about that or you should have done that. That is contempt. Contempt is never good because contempt not only tears your relationship down and contempt not just destroys your partner, it also destroys you. According to research, people who have contempt and couples that are contemptuous of each other often suffer from infectious illness, such as the colds, flu, etc. And you wonder, why is that? Well, in a previous episode, I talked about how our body responds to stress and anger and anxiety in a way where our immune system is broken because we have flight and we have fight. So when your body and your mind is constantly put under these type of intense emotions, then your flight or fight response begins to take over because your body thinks that there's a danger somewhere. So if you constantly have contempt for your spouse and you constantly have ill will, you think mean thoughts, your perception of them is terrible, you're constantly fuming at everything that they do, your body is going to perceive this in a way that they have to fight. And your body is going to do what it can to try to fight off whatever is bothering you. But in the process, it's going to weaken your immune system. Think about it. Contempt is fueled by long, simmering negative thoughts about your partner, which come to a head when the partner attacks the accused from a position of relative superiority. So when you're doing that, you're weakening your immune system. The more you focus on negative things, the more you put yourself in a negative mindset about your spouse, you are weakening your immune system. So the thing about contempt is like it's not just destroying them, it's not just destroying your relationship, it's also taking you down as well. So that is why contempt is terrible to have in your marriage. And most importantly, contempt is the single greatest predictor of divorce and it must must that say must okay we'll say it again it must be eliminated if you want to have a strong healthy thriving successful marriage or relationship now the third horseman is defensiveness and it's typically a response to criticism now we've all been defensive i know defensiveness used to be my thing you know if anyone said anything to me even if it was constructive criticism I would get defensive because I felt like no one had a right to tell me anything or say anything to me. Because in my mind, I was like, I'm good. I got this. I don't need you to tell me anything. Of course, as I've gotten older and wiser, and of course, since I do have a degree in psychology now, I understand that defensiveness is a problem. Now, there are times in your life where you're going to be defensive and you have every right to be defensive. But being defensive all the time and not being able to listen to other people's perceptions or critiques or um, criticism that may not be harmful, then it becomes a problem because then you don't change. 
that you just think is everybody against you and then you play the victim like well nobody likes me it's me against the world and that may not even be the case it may be your spouse has a legitimate complaint and they're trying to tell you what their legitimate complaint is but if you're defensive all the time can't even deal with constructive criticism then it's going to be difficult for you guys to work through these issues because you're just going to take a position of defensiveness and it's hard to talk to a person who's defensive believe me i know take this from me the biggest person i know who is defensive it's hard to talk to a defensive person because whenever i'm defensive i'm not listening to a word you have to say why become too busy protecting my own right rights against my preconceived um injustice that i think that someone's done to me so i can't even listen to what they're saying even if it's rational or logical because i'm too defensive so defensiveness is not something that you want to have in your relationship and if you're doing it then it's very important for you to stop doing that right now. The fourth horseman is stonewalling, which is generally a response to contempt. Now, stonewalling occurs when the listener withdraws from the interaction, they shut down, simply stop responding to their partner. So rather than confronting the issue with their partner, people who stonewall can make evasive maneuvers, such as tuning out, turning away, acting busy, or engaging in obsessive or distracting behaviors. Now, it takes time for the negativity created by the first three horsemen to become overwhelming enough that stonewalling becomes an understandable out. But when it does, it frequently becomes a bad habit. And unfortunately, stonewalling isn't easy to stop. It's the result of feeling too much emotion, feeling psychologically flooded. And so when we stonewall, we may not even be in a state where we can discuss the situation rationally because it's just way too much. So... This is why some people stonewall. And I think all of us have stonewalled to an extent. I know I have been the person to stonewall. And I have also been the person to stonewall somebody else. Or to experience stonewalling. So it goes both ways. But either way it goes, it is not healthy for your relationship. Because whether you're the person who's getting stonewalled, you're not discussing the problem. Whether you're the person stonewalling, you're not discussing the problem. So it's important to work on this issue so that you don't have to deal with that and so you guys can work on the issue at hand and not avoid the conversation so now that you know what the four horsemen are take a minute to reflect on your relationship and see if you're using any of the four horsemen in your style of conflict so think about it if you find that you're using criticism and that you're critical it's okay or if you find out that you stonewall, it's okay too. Or if you're defensive, like I was and I sometimes still am a little defensive, it's okay. Or that at times you show contempt for your spouse, it's okay. Now why is this okay? It's okay not in the sense of it's okay, go ahead and keep doing it. No, it's not okay like that. But it's okay because we are not perfect and we're human and we all make mistakes. And it's okay because you know what you're doing now. You know what the problem is. So you now know what you can do to fix it. The thing that I love about Gottman is that he doesn't just talk about the four horsemen in his book, but he talks about what you can begin doing now to change that behavior. Gottman calls this behavioral change the antidote to the four horsemen. And here's what they are. There's an antidote for each specific horseman. So the antidote to criticism is a gentle startup. A complaint focuses on a specific behavior, but criticisms attack the person's character. So the antidote for criticism is to complain without blame. 
by using a soft or gentle startup. So avoid saying words like you or it's your fault, you do this, because these words indicate blame. And instead, talk about your feelings using I statements and express what you need in a positive way. So you can be like, I need this or I feel this way. Because when you're talking about your feelings, you're not blaming the other person. You're just talking about how you feel. And so it's easier in this sense to talk about what is going on with you and to deal with the problem at hand. Notice that with the antidote, it also starts with things like I feel, which leads into I need. And then you can respectfully ask for that need to be fulfilled. So there's no blame, there's no criticism, which prevents the discussion from escalating into an argument. Now the antidote to contempt is to build a culture of appreciation and respect. Yes. So contempt shows up in statements that come from a position of moral superiority. So some examples of contempt does include, like I said before, sarcasm and cynicism and name-calling, eye-rolling, sneering, jeering, mockery, hostile humor. Contempt is destructive and it needs to be avoided at all costs. Now the antidote to contempt is to build a culture of appreciation and respect in your relationship. And there are ways to do that. So one of the ways you can do that is every day, tell your partner one thing that you love about them, one thing that you appreciate about them. Just tell them something that you appreciate about them. So that is how you would show appreciation. And it starts off with small steps because if you have been contemptuous about your spouse for so long, it's going to be hard for you to all of a sudden just change and turn over a new leaf. But if you take small steps, then you can begin to genuinely appreciate them and genuinely find things that you love about them so that it won't become like a habit, It'll, so that it will become a habit and it won't be something that you have to think about doing so much. When you find things that you appreciate about your spouse, what you're doing is creating a positive perception of them. And the more positive you have about them, the less time you have to think negatively about them. So this is why it is very important. Another thing to remember is that sometimes when we have to tell people things that may not be pleasant, it's important to do a ratio of like five to one in your emotional bank. So here's the thing. You say five positive things, one negative. Five positive, one negative. Because when you have five positive things, then a person is emotionally able to deal with the one negative. Guys, negativity can like completely zap you emotionally. It can drain you emotionally. So that is why it's so important to have that build up. So five positive things, one negative. You cannot go in with five negative things and one positive. That's not going to fill up their emotional love bank. But if you do five positive, one negative, then that's the way you can also start to talk about things that affect your marriage and things that are like hot topic issues without having an argument. You also need to watch your body language because sometimes your face will say a million things when you don't need to. So look in the mirror, practice saying things in a positive way and practice keeping your face together because sometimes I know with me I might say something but my my body language and my face will say something totally different I could be saying something really kind and sweet but if you look at my body language you'll be like okay she's just giving a double message a mixed signal or mixed messages because that's not what she's saying with her body so make sure your body language and what you are saying matches up and that they are consistent and that they are together so that your spouse will know that you are really trying and you're working on being less contemptuous toward them and you got to try and develop 
that appreciation in a culture of love and appreciation and respect. Now, the antidote to defensiveness is to, okay, this looks crazy because I hated this one when I first read about it and learned about it some time ago. Take responsibility. Yeah. So, de defensiveness is when you protect yourself in a form of righteous indignation or an innocent person. Like, I didn't, I didn't do anything. They just got mad at me. Like, that's just being defensive. And it's usually used when you're being criticized. But sometimes a person's not really criticizing you. They're just telling you something that you did that hurt them or something that happened that made them feel a certain way. So, all you need to do is take responsibility for your actions and yes i know it hurts nobody wants to be, take responsibility for their actions and i'm not just saying this to be sarcastic or anything like seriously i did not want to take responsibility for my actions like it was easier for me to deflect and it was easier for me to make excuses than to be like kiana you know they have a point you were wrong you probably shouldn't have done that or maybe you could have said that a little differently so taking responsibility for your actions and owning your mess is difficult but it's something that has to be done if you want to get rid of defensiveness in your relationship defensiveness is really a way of just blaming your partner you're just saying that oh it's not me it's you and that's never good because at the end of the day, if there's a problem, it takes two people to argue. If there's an issue, it takes two people who contributed to make this issue. So you have to take responsibility for your actions. And that, my friend, is a way to, or an antidote to get rid of defensiveness. And finally, the antidote to stonewalling is to learn how to psychologically self-soothe yourself. Here's what I mean. So if you are in a situation or you and your spouse are talking or you feel like you're overwhelmed with emotions, you can't deal with anything, take a time out. Like no one says that in your attempt to resolve an issue that you have to go full speed ahead all at once. No, it's a process. And if you realize that you stonewall and that you shut down when you're dealing with a lot of emotional things or where too much is being thrown at you, then take a break. You can say something, oh, I need to take a break right now. Can we resume this conversation at a later date? Then what you can do is go and do something that calms you. Now, I know for me, what I do when I feel like everybody needs everything from me and it's just overwhelming, I take a moment to myself. Like, I will go sit in the car. I will go for a drive. I'll listen to music. I will sing. I'll listen to audiobooks. You know, I'll do something to soothe myself, calm me down give me some perspective, give myself some time to think, and then once I think and I can come up with a plan of how to get things done and I've relaxed myself, then I go back into the situation because I know at this point I'm able to handle whatever's been thrown at me because I've had a chance to mentally prepare and calm myself down and soothe myself. So if this is the problem that you're having, self-soothing works miracles. So whatever it is, now self-soothing for me is using music, listening to books, or meditating. Now it can be something different for you. Whatever it is though that relaxes you and calms you down, even if it's just saying a prayer, whatever it is that calms you down and relaxes you, do that. And then after you calm yourself down and you relax, then you can come back to the conversation ready to tackle the problem at hand. And that is the best thing to do. Now, none of these things are going to be easy. None of these things are going to make your life perfect immediately and you know what you're going to practice doing a lot of these things so 
if you are used to stonewalling, you're going to have to practice taking that time out to calm down and self-soothe. If you are used to criticizing, you are going to practice extremely hard to show a culture of appreciation and to say something that you appreciate instead of something that you're upset about. If you have a habit of criticizing someone, then you are going to have to take the time to deal with that and to make sure that instead of criticizing someone, that you use the antidote. And the antidote to criticism is to have a gentle startup. So that means for you, instead of going into an argument and be like, ah, that means you got to take some time and think about it. Like, okay, this is what I want to say. This is what the problem is. How can I convey that to my spouse in a way where they understand what the problem is, but I'm not attacking them. So you may have to write it down. Like, if you have a problem coming up with it on the spot, write it down, practice it, and then have the conversation. These are things that takes practice. These are things that take time. So even though you know what the antidote is, it's not doesn't mean you're going to have to do it right away, or it doesn't mean that you're going to know how to do it right away. But the point is that you're going to start to do it, and you're going to practice doing it. Because as I like to say, practice makes perfect. So the more I practice something, the better that it is. Here's something that I've always been told, and I notice that it's true. I like to sing, of course. So whenever I'm practicing a song or whenever I'm doing something, it's like I keep practicing it and practicing and practicing. So if I'm ever in a situation where I get scared, the song just happens because I practice. And because of muscle memory, my vocal cords already know what to do. Regardless of how I'm feeling, my vocal cords know what to do. Even if it's at a point where I forget a lyric, because I practice so much, I can automatically just say what it is. And I think that's what we have to do when it comes to relationships. It's almost like going to the gym. The more you work on your muscles and build them up, the easier it is for you to deal and lift certain weights. And the longer you can go, your endurance gets better, your stamina gets better. So that's how it is in relationships. Like, if you realize that you stonewall and you can't deal with so much emotion, the more you practice self-soothing, then you'll be able to deal with more over time and be able to handle situations in a way that's conducive to the health of your relationship. If you notice that you criticize, you can practice having a gentle startup so that eventually you won't even have to practice it. It'll just come naturally because you've practiced it. I've noticed that in my life that when I make things a part of my lifestyle, then I'm able to sustain behavioral change. When I just do things, I can just do things and just mark it off the list of things to do. But it's when I make it a lifestyle that it can sustain, I can sustain behavioral change. And if that's what you want to do, I say practice, incorporate in your life every day. Make a conscious effort to do these things so that in the heat of the moment, you will not be angry and screaming and let any of those forest horsemen come up in your relationship. So that is what it is. The best thing to do after you practice is continue to monitor yourself and realize what you're doing. So now that you know what the four horsemen are, and now you know how to counteract them with their antidote, which have been proven, you have the essential tools to manage conflict in a healthy way. So as soon as you see criticism or contempt come into your life, remember what the antidote is. Be vigilant. Protect your marriage like you would protect a bank or a fort or your investments. Protect it like that because marriage is an investment that you are paying into over a long term with your emotions and your heart and your feelings. So protect that investment like you would if you were like a Fortune 500 company. Protect your investments. 
So the song that we're going to listen to today is called When I'm in Your Arms. And this is about a couple who have found a way to not have the four horsemen in their lives and who have learned how to support each other through difficult times. So here's the song, When I'm in Your Arms. Frustrated and tired, had a bad day, such a bad day. My mind is thinking about today, nothing went my way. As soon as I get home, you are there for me, waiting there for me. As soon as I get home, you are there for me. Waiting there for me. The cloud seems to go away when I'm in your arms. When I'm in your arms. My problems, they don't stay when I'm in your arms. When I'm in your arms. I know it sounds crazy. But that is what love does. It brings out the best in you. Together, there is nothing that we won't do. Just me and you. As soon as I get home, you are there for me. Waiting there for me. As soon as get home, you are there for me, waiting there for me, the cloud seems to go away, when I'm in your arms, when I'm in your arms, my for me, waiting there for me. 
before I end the podcast, I just want to take this time to say thank you guys for listening. You guys are amazing. I appreciate you hanging out with me every week. And I absolutely love talking to you and talking with you. So thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with me each week. I also want to remind you that we have a Facebook group now. So if you want to have contact with me and talk to me and really message me, like we can really communicate and chat, the Facebook group is the way to go. So I know I've been telling everyone to go to the Facebook page. Do that still. We have some good things there. But if you want to get up close and personal, I would suggest you go to our Facebook group. And I do have a link to our Facebook group in our show notes. So all you have to do is click on it. You just like it and you or you ask for admission into the Facebook group and you are in. That's it. You don't have to wait for pending approval nothing. You just um, click on a button to say join and you are in. So go ahead and do that for me right now. It's in the show notes. All you have to do is click on it, join our Facebook group, and you can have access to me and we can hang out, talk, and continue our conversations there after we talk on Wednesdays. I also would like to encourage you to share the podcast with a friend. Let them know that they are not alone with whatever they're dealing with. And if you have friends who want to have better relationships, I encourage you to either share this podcast with a friend or a family member so that they can know that there is hope for their relationships. I also want to encourage you to follow us. Yes, I said it. Follow us, subscribe. And the reason I say that is because I'm going to be doing a lot of things, but I don't want to do it unless I know that you guys are able to hear it. And the best way to make sure you're able to hear it is if you follow me or subscribe on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe. Or if you're on Spotify, follow so that you can get all of our updates and you wouldn't get any episode that I may post. And I'm thinking about maybe just starting something where I do a two or three minute um, talk or tip or something and put it out there. But I want to make sure you guys get it. So go ahead right now, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can either follow me on Spotify or you can subscribe. Okay. All right. So I think that's all for today. And if there's any questions, you can ask me those things in the Facebook group. I'm also going to have um, a links. I'm also going to have links to social media. So if you guys want to contact me or follow me on social media, feel free to do that. All right. Well, I think that's all for this week, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And don't forget, we have the big name change episode coming up. We have an awesome guest, and I can't wait for you to hear him. So be on board for that. And if you want to be eligible to win our gift for our in celebration of our name change episode, then all you have to do is go to our Facebook group, join the Facebook group, and in the and type in the chat "music and therapy," and I will put you guys in a drawing, and then whoever I pick will be the winner of our big name change contest. All right, so I think that's it. Go do that for me now because I really want you to win. We have some amazing merchandise to give away, and I want you to have it. So go over there right now. Join the group. Put music and therapy in the comments. I know why you did it, and I know why you're there. And I promise you, we will put your name in the drawing, and whoever name I pick will be the winner of some amazing merchandise. All right, well, guys, I think that's all for me today. Uh, If you want to contact me, contact me on the Facebook page or you can contact me in the group that we now have. 
Alright, thank you guys for hanging out with me. Love you. Talk to you later. And until we talk again, have an amazing week and enjoy your weekend. And try to stay out of the cold. <laughs> Bye-bye. Looking from the inside out It seems like we are happy But what